Chapter 13 of Sea Stories for Wonder Eyes This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Holland Sea Stories for Wonder Eyes by Mrs. A. S. Hardy Chapter 13 The Sea Urchin this spiny fellow is a cousin of the starfish. They were neighbors in the Gulf of Mexico. Both were made on the radiant plan, and so were relatives of the sea anemone and the starry coral makers. This spiny fellow's name is sea urchin. He is sometimes called a pincushion, a sea porcupine, and a sea egg. Our second picture shows how a sea urchin's shell looks when the spines are off. The sea urchin who lived in the shell had its home in the Pacific Ocean, but though living so far apart, the two sea urchins were near relatives. Starfishes and sea urchins are very large families and are scattered through many seas. When these sea urchins were alive, their fringes or spines were soft and were moved at the will of the animals who lived in these round box skeletons. When they died, the spines became hard and brittle and were easily broken off. The spines fitted over the little knobs which are seen in the second picture. These spines and knobs were arranged in rows dividing the round box into sections. Between the rows of knobs and spines there were very small holes, hardly as large as the point of a pen would make. Through these holes grew little tube feet. The feet were connected with the body of the animal within and could be pushed out or drawn in like those of the starfish. An ordinary sea urchin has as many as 2,000 tube feet. Neither of these sea urchins looks much like the starfishes, but if the arms of a starfish could be bent over until the points meet, the round ball thus formed would be something like a sea urchin. The sea urchin has a skeleton on the outside of its body, you see. It looks as if made of only a single piece, but that is because it is so perfectly done. Each skeleton is really made of five or six hundred pieces all joined so nicely that no edges show. Yet it is at these seams or edges that the skeleton of a sea urchin enlarges. The little animals secrete a kind of chalky substance from the seawater, of which they make their round box houses. The mouth of a sea urchin is in the underside of its round body. The mouth and jaws are made of 40 pieces. Five sharp teeth it has, they are worked up and down and across by strong muscles and are able to break and grind hard substances to powder. The tips of these five teeth are easily seen, meeting in a point, and by breaking the skeleton of a dead urchin we find the long, large teeth still there. Oh, the sea urchin is a wonderful fellow. The better we know him, the more we wonder. In some places in the sea, these little creatures lie so thick that the seafloor looks as if carpeted with soft moss and tiny tinted burrs. They often hide themselves by burrowing in the sand, and, stranger still, they bore little caves for themselves in the hard rock. How they are able to do this is one of their own wonderful secrets. Dead urchins are not infrequently found imprisoned in these cavities, which exactly fit their bodies. Their very caution became their undoing. Lying quiet from the stress of waves, they grew too big to get out where they went in, so their caves became their prisons. They have fewer enemies than their cousins, the starfishes, 
but they love to lie in quiet pools and to hide away from sight. They have a funny trick of drawing seaweeds up on their backs to conceal themselves, and are even found carrying sticks and stones around on their backs for the same purpose. There is another kind of sea urchin that is flat and thin, and is called sand dollar, sand cake, or cake urchin. Their shells are beautifully marked, and sometimes lie so thick as to pave the streets of the sea. End of chapter 13